0: You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Why does the church need to gather? Why does the church need to gather? And next week we're going to be gathering for three services. Really, really excited about that. I'm going to be launching our brand new series. But today I just want to take this moment this week for a bit of a fireside chat with. With you all to try and answer that question, and there's a couple of reasons uh, for why I want to do that. Uh, the first reason is that we've only gathered in person uh, less than ten times uh, for the last year, which is which is extraordinary, and I think it's really, really important because of that. Is to come back to the why. You know, what I've discovered in life is that if you forget about the why, is that it's so easy to lose fire in your heart and and heat for the reason you do things. And it's been so long and so intermittent in terms of meetings, is that I think we just need to come back and ask the simple question, well, why? Why do we meet uh, in person for many people? Uh, we, we've joined uh, on a Sunday or throughout the week and watched a pre-record or caught up. And we've been in our PJs and had a mug of coffee and we we'll been able to enjoy uh, watching, participating in worship and, and the talk and various other things. W- why leave that? Why leave the comfort of my home in these circumstances to gather again? I think it's really, really important to understand once again, why we should do this. The second reason is that for many of us, this pandemic has been a massive game changer really for how we see life. And I think for many of us is that we were just caught up on autopilot and on a treadmill of of maybe attending church and gathering as a a community before COVID. And maybe it became a little bit of uh, a consumer, mentality for us is that we would come when we felt like it we would pick and choose we would sometimes enjoy things sometimes not and uh, I think COVID has been a great leveller and has brought us back to basics as everything has been restricted and stripped away I think it's really really helpful and healthy to once again cast our hearts and our eyes upon church and the reason to gather and what is our purpose in that uh, and our attitude towards it so really this is meant to be a a talk to re-envision us um, about why we should gather now as way of introduction let me just preface this with a couple of further points first of all um, some of us will not be able to gather like we did before uh, and maybe that's for health reasons and You need to understand that we are in unprecedented exceptional circumstances and so only you know in your own heart that for you still if you can't gather and come in person to any of our prayer meetings or Sunday services or uh, some of the other things that I'm sure will open up over the coming weeks and months then this is not something to feel guilty about. That's a decision for you to make and it's a choice for you to make before you and and the Lord. And uh, the reality is is that um, w- because we've only met a handful of times over the last year, you need to realize that one of the main reasons for that is for people's health and well-being. So we're committed to that. And, and secondly, connected to that, as we said that the present and future church will be a hybrid of in-person and online. So we're completely invested in and committed to Um, resourcing people we recognize that the foyer has moved and we want to connect with people who are in different geographical locations those who really uh, may struggle to come and gather as a church because maybe they're ill or for other circumstances Uh, for people we we discovered who've come to faith this last year who they've said to us look if, if, if it meant coming through the front doors of a church we would never have got involved. We were not connected, we would not have met Jesus. Um, but because it was online, we've been able to connect. So it's really, really important that we continue with that. It's been amazing that we've essentially planted an online congregation in the last year, which is just extraordinary. So here, here, in my heart in this um, talk is that we're committed to online as well as in person, and we understand your circumstances and situation. But I think it's so important that we're envisioned today about why we gather because of the voices and the narratives and and the noise that we, we hear and we read about on the internet through social media. And it's really, really important that we cut through all of that and come back to God's word. God's word is our plumb line. And so if we really want to be re-envisioned and and to understand why it's so, so crucial that we gather as a church community, we need to come back to the Bible. Uh, As Mike Pilavachi said last week, we don't judge the Bible, the Bible judges us. It shines a light on our hearts. And so um, we're really committed to giving you a biblical perspective as to why it's important to gather. And biblical truth has never been more needed than uh, than in today's world, especially with the the kind of the multiple stories that are out there and a tsunami of conflicting emotions. And, And maybe for us is that we're so overwhelmed by our emotions. We're so overwhelmed by the noise and the opinions and the stories I think it's really good just to kind of zoom in and just see God, what do you wanna say to us through your word? So in light of this, I'd love for us to look together a portion of scripture so we can be lifted out of the chaos and the confusion and come to a place of real clarity in our minds and in our hearts. So I'd love for you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and we're gonna read from verse 23. To 25, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 to 25. And it says, This let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approach you just underline that let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing Hebrews chapter 10 is a bit of a hinge passage uh, the first nine chapters of Hebrews is all about Jesus Christ being better than anything else and, and multiple times it says, Jesus is better than. We don't realize actually until we um, delve into those first nine chapters of, of how good we have it in Jesus and all that he has done for us uh, on the cross. And, um, and, and then you have from the, the chapter 10 onwards is really how do we take what Jesus has done for us and, and apply it to our lives, apply it to our Christian walk and, um, and so you have this doctrine that undergirds the application, and, and you see that theme throughout the, the whole of um, the Bible, this idea of identity before activity, that we must understand that we're human beings before human doings, that um, the who must always uh, be the driving force behind what we do. And so it's really, really important that we understand that as people of faith, and so you've got in this hinge passage in chapter 10, really the whole book of Hebrews condensed. The the story and the meaning and the heart behind that book is in this one chapter. And it's about the life of faith. And it's about how do we live this life of faith? And it's through essentially perseverance. And here we have this encouragement to persevere in the life of faith by gathering together as a community. And um, the context here, I think, really opens up this idea to us. And I think it's really timely, just looking at the context back then and our context here now uh, and how that joins together. And it's so, so powerful. In verse uh, 32, if you just go on a little bit. He says, remember those early days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. And so that really is the background to this book is that these followers of Jesus were being persecuted. Now, uh, Jews, as it were their custom, they would go and meet at the temple and they would go and meet at the temple together to meet God. That is where they would go to meet God. So it was their tradition. It was their habit. It was their custom. But, but many Jews had been converted and started to follow Jesus Christ. And there was great persecution attached to that. And uh, they went against the tide. And, and what these Christians would now do instead of going to the temple is that, that they would um, go now to the back streets, to a back room, and that they would gather with other Christians. And so just put yourself in their shoes. Uh, imagine you're, you, you've been brought up a Jew and you start to follow Jesus, and you would, you would go to the temple with your family with neighbors, with friends, and you'd be going up to the to heart of the city and the heart of God for them, the heart of their religion was the temple and and they would be going. And then suddenly you reject that and you stop doing that and you start to go to this little back street in the city to a back room to meet with other Christians. Now, of course, they were seen, and there's only a small crowd of them, small community, they would be seen as eccentric. They would be seen as as, as mad for doing this. Above all that, they would be seen as, as heretics for doing that. They were coming to worship Jesus as Lord. And so they were rejecting the fundamental doctrine of Judaism, which is that there is one God. Now for Christians, there's now the doctrine of the trinity three persons in one godhead this was a, a huge game changer so these christians were were being persecuted they were also in, in danger from the romans because the romans accepted certain religions like judaism uh, but but as soon as you became a christian you were separated from that and the roman state would now bring persecution. So they were going against the tide. They were going against what they knew. They were going against family and friends. And um, this was too much for some of them. People who start to follow Jesus, they would begin to compromise. So some of them would kind of still go to the temple and adhere to the customs and the rituals, but also nip off to the back streets and join with other Christians. Uh, for others, he was just too much and they rejected Christ and went back to the temple. And we see this a little bit in our context, don't we? Is I don't believe we're at all facing the persecution that many of our brothers and sisters are facing throughout the world for their faith. People being killed and imprisoned for their faith. Um, but certainly, and we, I don't want to over-dramatize this, the pressure seems to be mounting. Christians seem to be in the minority. And um, if you like, there there are many uh, temples of uh, pluralism and relativism and individualism that Christians who find it too much is they still go and worship at those temples and worship at those things. And so just take individualism, for instance. You know, there is no higher authority. This is the understanding. There's no higher authority than that of the individual. So whatever you decide, whatever is true to you, then that is the most important thing. And for many today, it is also um, a great pressure to compromise. You know, there's no challenge in following Jesus. Jesus is one of many ways and he's here just to affirm our choices it's kind of come as you are but also stay as you are there's no challenge in the gospel but for Christians who make Jesus Lord of their life it is very clear that there is no sitting on the fence there is no one foot in one foot out it's no let's go and on a Sunday to the back streets and meet with other Christians and then the rest of the week we go and worship um, at a temple that suits us we go and follow another kingdom agenda that suits us and affirms us and and what we want in our lives and the plea here the plea here is this look I know it's tough there's persecution there's the threat of compromise there's extraordinary pressure but If you truly knew what you have in Christ, which is the whole of Hebrews, if you knew what you have in Christ and what he's done for you, and it is so much better than anything you can possibly imagine through the work of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection. What we have now is so much better. Why would you ever want to go back? And in the light of the perfection that you have now received through Jesus, and His shed blood. The exaltation, the encouragement is to persevere in the life of faith. Persevere, especially in gathering together, to not give up. I know it's tough, but do not give up, keep going. And this encouragement comes to those who sadly In this context, and we could apply it today, even over the last year in a pandemic, those who have given up and have walked away from the church and have lost their faith and have lost that fire. It it was too costly for those who went against their family and away from the temple to go and worship Jesus. But the encouragement here is this, keep going to that little back street, even if there's just a few of you, Keep going because you need each other. You need each other. And so it's so easy, isn't it? Just particularly in this season to become consumers of church to, uh, I think it's one of the dangers of um, lots of conferences and lots of things online is that it's so easy to compare and say, look, I prefer this and I prefer that and I don't really like how they do things. And if it was me, I'd do it this way and it's not meeting my needs, and I'm not getting much out of this. But actually, if we look at this biblically, not through our kind of westernized Christian bubble lens, we'll recognize that gathering as a church community has got nothing to do with how good the coffee is, how good the worship is, how good the talk is, But it's so much more than that. It's so much deeper than that and spiritual and important. And this is the why that I want you to really hold on to and allow it to stir in your heart. We as a church community are down off Clough Road off this little street called Vulcan Street. And the encouragement here is this, is that we come down this back street called Vulcan Street, to meet here together as a church community. And as we see people and see each other, that is in itself an encouragement as to why we meet. As we look at each other and as we gather as a testimony to the risen Christ and what he has done in our lives, just showing up, and I want to elevate just showing up, particularly with all the restrictions that are happening now. The fact that we can't really talk to each other, and we can't pray for each other like we used to, and we can't, um, we know we can't sing. And we're going to wear our masks and social distancing, and all these things. Actually, just showing up and looking at each other is what it's all about. It's an incredible encouragement. And some of you think, "Look, I I don't have anything to offer right now. I I, I feel." so weak and empty, and it takes me everything I know just to kind of get me and the family sword just to attend an in-person service right now, Uh, just to to leave the comfort of my own house and have it all there online, and just to attend. It's such a big, big thing. Don't you realize fighting through that, getting through the battle, and just turning up so that we can see each other is the incredible encouragement. And as we come down this little back street called Vulcan Street and we see people, the question for us is this, who can I encourage today? Who can I encourage? Not who do I want to say sit with, but who do I see or I know is struggling or that person who I know has come on their own? And of course, that will look different as restrictions lift, but I want you to capture the heart that actually for, for me, as the pastor, when I look out and I know people's stories and I know the the, the struggles that they're going through, I, I, I know often the decades of, of tension that they lived with and the trial and the pressure and the fact that they still turn up and just show up, that is the greatest encouragement to me. It, it helps me to keep going because I see people who are going through some real difficulty and are still showing up to encourage one another in the days that we live in. I know for many of us, you may think you have not much to offer and you're battling all sorts of internal and personal battles, but you keep coming is the greatest encouragement. You are like trophies of grace. And so you, you see now, as we gather in these difficult days, what we're saying to each other, particularly in a pandemic, as, as we gather on, on these uh, welcome home Sundays and we, we start to come back to church and we gather at a prayer meeting, is that what we're saying to each other is, that, hey, I can do this and I can keep going because I see you and I know what you're going through and I see that you're doing it. And that's a great mutual encouragement to me. And if they can do it, than so can i and as we look around the room and as we as we worship the best way we know and as we as we pray and as we take communion and as we prophesy it stops being about attending church or going to church but it is much more about we are the church we are the body of christ and we gather together as family to encourage one another and it's here, it's actually only here as we gather as a church community that we fulfill the new covenant demands upon a Christian to encourage one another, to love one another, to admonish one another, to serve one another, to carry each other's burdens. The one another's, or the duties if you like, the, the, the absolute privilege of being a Christian only happens in the context of community in the church gathered. It's an encouragement to each other, and it's a witness to the resurrected Jesus. Because he is alive, I now go and testify of his resurrection by coming to church and gathering as the church and encouraging and meeting one another. You know, church attendance... And gathering is actually a ministry. I don't know if you've ever thought about it like that in those terms, but gathering as a church is a ministry. And that's how it is seen here in the book of Hebrews. That is a biblical perspective. It may not be a consumer mindset, but it's certainly a biblical perspective that we are so, so keen to get back to. It's where, as it says in these verses, it's where we spur one another on. And the writer of Hebrews is convinced, absolutely convinced that the soaring subject of the whole chapter, the breathtaking glory of God is embodied and worked out in the rhythm of gatherings week after week, the gatherings of us as the church family. Showing up to church is serve, serving others, to gather is to encourage and, and, and think about how could it be otherwise? You cannot regularly encourage one another to those who we only sporadically see. Showing up to church is serving others. To gather is to encourage. That is the heart of this message in Hebrews and for us today. Without the ministry of attendance. It's what I only see. It's not about attending church, but the ministry of attendance, of showing up, of just being, in all your weakness and frustration and the pain and the grief that you're in, just showing up, we stand here behind our mass and we say, look, we look around the room, and say, we're in this together. The ministry of attendance, without it, we cannot be known. And, and if we're not known, we cannot be encouraged. And if we're not encouraged, we cannot endure. And so do you know in this season, and it will happen in the future, sadly people will not endure and persevere in the life of faith because they've not been encouraged. And they've not been encouraged because they are not known. And they are not known because they have not made it a habit of regularly attending. We gather then in order to mutually encourage and we encourage in order to mutually endure. That's why it says here, doesn't it, in verse 25, encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. As you see the day drawing near, as as we walk towards the end, how do we encourage one another? By attending and gathering in person. You know, let's be honest. If church is fundamentally and I know, I know it can appear this way because of the online stuff and we're, we're doing our absolute best to put on uh, some, some communication and some worship and various other things just to help facilitate us in this season. But if church is fundamentally about what happens up front on the platform, if you like, by the few, you know, let's why not stick with our joggers and our internet worship? But, but to the degree that our intuitions have been formed and reformed and shaped and envisioned by God's word, to the degree that we think of corporate worship as a family gathering, then, then tuning in to this from our living rooms will start to feel as dissatisfying as live streaming our family dinners. That's why, for Joni and I, we building on the incredible past. The legacy of this church is always about home. It's about family. It's about being together, being the church, not doing church. That is why we're elevating that language, because it represents the heart and the DNA, and the values of this church community. No doubt, Matthew 18 verse 20 is one of our Lord's most sweetest promises. It says this, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Not where two or three are logged on. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And, and, and what Jesus is talking about there is, is actually people being gathered but physically in the same place. It's not incidental. It is done on purpose. It is the heart of God. It is intentional and it forms an identity that we are the gathered people of God. And so I want to encourage you just once again, I encourage you to reject the temptation to compromise and to visit or revisit the temples of individualism, of pluralism. There's no authority, there's no truth, but we, we submit under God's word, God's truth. It's not driven by our preference that we don't give in to compromise but actually we as the church we every single week there's something in us so we go we turn we look to ourselves and we turn to those of you married those who have kids we turn to each other and go we're christians this is what christians do christians gather as the church family and we do it faithfully and we do it week in week out whether we feel like it or not or whether we're not happy with something or not We do it because biblically, we're encouraged that if we wanna persevere in this life, if we wanna fulfill the call of God on our lives, that it comes from gathering together and not giving up. And as we look around the room, it's an encouragement about what we can give. You know, when we're not giving of ourselves and we're not serving, and we're not encouraging, and we're not, we're not serving with the gift of God upon us, somebody else is missing out. So the encouragement is, it's like we don't want anyone to miss out. I don't want anyone to feel discouraged because I know that people in our church community are going through a lot worse things than, than we are. And so I want to encourage them today. I want to stand with them. I want to be with them. And you know, as we as a church get a hold of this, I tell you something: it it is it is transformational. With the way that we perceive one another, the way that we see church gatherings, that we recognise that we're here to encourage one another, to spur one another on, to serve one another, to pray together, to worship Jesus, the risen Jesus, together, to experience. His presence, which is unique when the body is gathered with the temple of the Holy Spirit, Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. When we start to understand that, we recognize actually we're being the church. We're not doing church. And the ministry of attendance is just that. It is a ministry. So friends, I hope you've heard my heart today. And if you've got any questions, of course, come and Chat to myself, Joni, staff team, any of the leaders, and uh, let's encourage one another. Particularly in a pandemic, particularly in a crisis, particularly in this season, let us be there for one another. For those of you, this is still a journey. We love you. We're here for you. Please don't forget that, and please reach out if you need anything. God bless you.